from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. The Drive with Tim Donnelly here on 99.9 The Fan is live from ACC kickoff. The entire event taking place in Charlotte. So that's where we are, right in the room where it happens when it comes to ACC football. And, uh, and it started early today with Jim Phillips. It started early today with Jim Phillips. And, uh, and we're going to get to those comments in a second. But first, uh, our guy Dennis here producing in Charlotte with us. Graham back at the studio. Everything should be rolling. We are on the, uh, the stream, WRALsportsfan.com, if you want to watch along with us and catch some of the ambiance and atmosphere here at ACC kickoffs. And, uh, and I can tell you it's an electric atmosphere, right? You, you feel it as the day goes on. Just oh, yeah kind of the the energy rising uh it starts with a lot of hey good to see you haven't seen you in a while then some players show up then some coaches show up and then suddenly everybody's no longer about the pleasantries and the hey how are you doings and it's about diving into getting everybody ready for the acc football season and that's really what an event like this is all about uh now when the pleasantries maybe hadn't even started yet because it was about 9 30 this morning acc commissioner jim phillips step to the podium. And I called that he was in the big room, right? The, the big press conference room. Everybody was in there. They shut the doors because when the commissioner speaks, especially in the situation that, that he's been in the last few weeks and the last few years, as far as the future of the ACC, just about everybody listens. Uh, so we'll just get out ahead of it, right? He, he obviously is a former athletic director at Northwestern and Northwestern has a lot going on right now. Uh, and he addressed it near the end of his prepared remarks. Here's Jim Phillips, ACC commissioner with those remarks. I do want to briefly address the ongoing matter at Northwestern, as I'm sure some of you have questions. As you are aware, I released a statement last week. This is a very difficult time for the Northwestern community. And my heart goes out to any person who carries the burden of mistreatment or who has been harmed in any way. During my 30-year career in college athletics, my highest priority has always been the health and safety of all student-athletes. As you know, with this matter in litigation, I'm unable to share anything more at this time. That's it. And that's where, where it ended, right? He's unable, when, when somebody drops the due to legislation, ongoing and litigation, and I can't talk about it, it kind of puts like a full wrap on it, right? It puts an end on it. Uh, the way I described it initially uh, was underwhelming, but it was actually, <laughs> I was talking with Adam Gold, who you just heard here, here on 99.9 The Fan, uh, and he, he was like, no, it's whelming. It is exactly what, you, what we should have been expecting. And that's probably the better way to put it, right? It's not over or underwhelming. It's whelming, uh, which I, I thought was a, a clever twist. But uh, I don't know what I was hoping for. I, do you know what I was hoping for? I'll tell you. Uh, it just came to me. At the end of his prepared statement, of which part he just read, uh, that, that he put out a couple, of, uh, a couple of days ago, he said he was going to vigorously defend himself and called things, you know, completely untrue. And, and I forget the exact wording other than vigorously defend. I thought maybe the vigorous defense would start today simply because he had everyone's attention. And if you were going to vigorously defend yourself, when better to do it than when you have every publication that covers your conference 
wired, right? Phones down for a couple of minutes. Nobody's doing other things, worried about this, that, and the other. Everybody was paying attention. And, and, and instead, he, he went with exactly what you just heard, uh, whelmed. I guess you can describe me as whelmed, right? You should have expected it. We should have known what was coming. Uh, but still, when it happened, I, I, I wanted more. I wanted to know more, and I thought as the commissioner of an of a entertainment product, which is what right the ACC is, they're putting together sports entertainment, uh, I thought we could have gotten a little bit more. And then he dove into uh, the, the conversations around the future of the ACC, and that means name, image, and likeness. That means transfers. That means the future of college sports as a whole for some of his uh, name, image, and likeness thoughts on needing guardrails and staying on track with the rules. Here's Jim Phillips from earlier. Uh, name, image, and likeness is is off the track, and that is what I described about Washington D.C. For for certain, there's the student athletes deserve the opportunity um, to engage in name, image, and likeness, and I had a chance to address that group yesterday, and we've been a, a strong proponent of it. Where it's really difficult is these disproportionate state by state rules and legislation, and that's what we're trying to change. Now, I think as you look at the NCAA and the history of it. We've, we've kind of all raised our right hand and indicated, hey, we'll follow these rules. We may not like all of them, but we'll follow them. But the current NIL legislation is so disproportionate about what you can do in one state versus another state. And I think that's part of the frustration that our, that our coaches are, are faced with. And so having something, some kind of federal legislation that allows some opportunity for there to be consistency across competition. And, I say this, when you have inter and intrastate competition, you want fairness in everybody playing with the same types of rules. This one's funny to me. This one is, is humorous to me, and I'm going to tell mm -hmm. you why. Why suddenly, when the players are getting paid, do we want uniform every state having the same rules? We need federal everything. Yep. Why was there, there not an ask for, I don't know, federal in, income tax laws, right? The, the coaches that coach in Florida get a bunch more money because there's no state income tax in Florida. There was never a, oh, that is an advantage that Miami, Florida State have had over other teams for however long. Never talked about it. Players start getting a little bit of money, and it's like, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. We need to have the same rules for everybody. We can't have some making more than others. It's There are a lot of things that aren't equal state to state. or I, I, Equal might not be the right word. There are a lot of things that aren't the same state to state. Yeah. And, and it's in every business, right? There, there's, there's different state laws. Sorry, right? If, if you want to, uh, you, don't accentuate, you don't accentuate those, right? Like if, if, if you are in, in Florida, guess what you don't say? Hey, you know what? There are times where it is so darn hot that if you walk from your house to your car, you're going to have a sweat imprint on your back. Mm -hmm. Instead, you say, hey, state income tax, not there, right? You emphasize the good, you dodge the bad. That's kind of what recruiting is. But now there's different state laws based on NIL, and it's, whoa, 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 we can't know. How about the ones that have good name, image, and likeness laws? Use that to recruit. And the ones that don't, heck, I don't know, uh, put together a more successful program or, or recruit receivers because you throw the ball more. I don't know what it is. Find what you have that other schools don't have mm -hmm. and be base it off of that. Maybe you have a better gear deal. Maybe you get nicer. Dennis, I know you're a big sneaker guy. Yeah. Uh, maybe, you know. 
I mean, North Carolina knows how to make sure players know you're going to get some sweet sneakers if you go to North Carolina. They do. Uh, you can recruit off of your own advantages. That's not all Jim Phillips said about cash and money and dollars. He also talked about the revenue gap between the ACC and some other schools. But it's all of our schools, right? All of our schools are incentivized to make sure that we have as healthy of a financial portfolio as we possibly can. So um, after the spring, if you wouldn't, have, you know, if we wouldn't have had any discussions or we wouldn't have come out with a success incentive initiative program, I may have felt differently. But the regularity of which the board is meeting now and the regularity of our ADs meeting, et cetera, and how good ESPN has been, they understand the volatility that there is but they also are looking to grow financially based on some of their you know, recent events. So you have a lot of mutually beneficial uh, outcomes in this thing. So staying together, working collaboratively, working strategically. And we have some other things that we're working on I, I can't address with this group right now that are pretty exciting to try to address that revenue gap. Hmm. The old secret. Ah, yes. The old uh, sixth grader with a secret. I know something, but I'm not telling. Yeah, I know something you don't know. Exactly. Now, that thing better be, based on everything else he said, and we'll dive into it, uh, better be something big, right? Yeah. Because one of the things Jim Phillips said is he wants to uh, chase down, right, in that, that revenue gap the Big Ten and the SEC. Because right now, those are the two big bad bullies on the block when it comes to conferences and how much money they're making and how much money they are divvying up to their teams and planning to divvy up to their teams in years in the future. The ACC is trying to chase them down. Well, guess what? The Big Ten's adding USC and UCLA. It's a big, big, big move. Yeah. The SEC is adding Texas and Oklahoma. It's a big, big, big move. The ACC, if you want to chase them down, that secret better be something that is a big, big, big move. Or else not only are you not chasing them down, you're not keeping pace. Yeah. Right? Because then the SEC and the Big Ten are thinking big. They're thinking lofty. They're thinking, yeah, we're the Big Ten, and we're mostly in the north, and we're mostly, uh, you know, Midwest, East. But uh, why not take two teams from Los Angeles? Yeah. Right? And the SEC is saying, we don't like moving west that much, and Texas A&M doesn't like having another school in the SEC in their state, and Oklahoma has been to a whole bunch of college football playoffs, but let's think big and bring them on in. Mm -hmm. and, and, and the ACC needs to think equally as big, right? If you're going to talk about closing a gap with someone that's getting faster, you're going to have to get faster at a faster rate than they are, or else you're actually losing ground. Right. Chasing them isn't just running in the same direction as them. It's running in the same direction as them at a faster pace. So whatever Jim Phillips is is hinting at. Right. Oh, I got some big plans. We're having some big yeah. conversations, but I can't tell you yet. They better be really gosh darn big. It better be Notre Dame. It better be Notre Dame. Yeah. And and he was asked about Notre Dame and and. <laughs> Again, maybe there's the secret and he couldn't really talk and he didn't really want to hint. He basically said, we've let them know the door is open if they want to walk through. We've let them know we'd love to have them in the ACC if they would like to join us as a full-time member. To which I'm like, if you make it that easy, they're not going to want it. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's, it's like, 
you know, the cheesy dating advice from like an eighties dating movie yeah. where, where it's like, you got to play a little hard to get, you got to act like you have other options. Exactly. Like we let them know that the door is always open for them. And as soon as they walk in, we're going to cook them a feast of their favorite foods. It's like, well, no, how about you say, we'd like to have you here. And if, and if you're not, we have someone else, right? At least man, man, uh, fake it, fake it. Even if you don't fake it. Because Notre Dame would change a lot of what you have going on, and I get that. But uh, but if they're not interested, find someone that is, and that or make another big move. And, and I don't know, think creatively, right? I'd be the first. I, I I was listening to a podcast uh, on the drive to Charlotte here about the uh, the the new slam ball deal on ESPN. Yeah. Be the first college conference to offer slam ball. Do something. I don't think that's going to be enough. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. The Drive with Tim Donnelly here on 99.9 The Fan, continuing from ACC kickoff uh, in Charlotte. This is just day one of three uh, when it comes to ACC kickoff. So, so we'll be here uh, today, tomorrow, and the next day. Uh, today on the docket, the, the teams being made available, kind of the focus of day one, uh, Georgia Tech, Louisville, Miami, and Syracuse. And throughout the, uh, throughout the show, we'll talk to representatives, players, coaches. We'll mix them all up uh, from all, all four. And then tomorrow we'll have a whole bunch of new teams and, uh, and we'll go from there. That being uh, Florida State, Pitt, Virginia, and Virginia Tech uh, for tomorrow. And we'll round things out day three. That's where uh, the triangle is, is heavy in day three as well as Clemson. So it'll be a, a fun, fun day to wrap things up here at ACC kickoff. Uh, in the meantime, we are expecting to talk with uh, Jeff Brom, Louisville head coach, in just a few minutes. He's making his way through Radio Row here at ACC kickoff. Uh, we should talk about some of the, the money being tossed around. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was just on with, with Adam Gold a few minutes ago, and he was talking about how the ACC kickoff event mm -hmm. has developed in his 25 years, right? He, he remembers when he was one of maybe one or two radio stations here. Now we're uh, – at sitting at one of maybe four or five rows of stations here at ACC kickoff. Uh, and, and, you know, it just kind of highlights the, the business of, of college sports and, and sports in general and where it's gone. And just today alone, uh, we were just talking off air, Trayvon Diggs uh, getting almost a hundred million dollars, five-year extension worth 97 million from the Cowboys. Uh, Jalen Brown signing the largest basketball contract in NBA history. Wow. Uh, 300 and <laughs> can be worth up to $304 million over five years, uh, which <laughs> goes to show you if you're one of those athletes that can play everything. I mean, massive deal for a all pro cornerback, five years, 97 million. Jalen Brown is a, a second team all NBA uh, during a career year player. He got five years, 304 million. Yeah. A uh, little different, a little different. Slightly. Uh, but I say all that to say, right, that the, the reason why name, image, and likeness is such a big deal in the future of college sports, in the future of the ACC, 
the reason why media rights deals uh, are such a big deal. And when, when Jim Phillips, the ACC commissioner, or any prominent voice in the sport talks about what they see as the future of, of those deals for a conference, they're such a big deal because they, they truly are whether you can keep up or not, right? If, if you get locked into the wrong deal for a long time and, and other teams are, are making tens of millions of dollars more in other conferences per year, it's tough to keep up, right? Cash isn't everything, right? Branding matters and you can still, uh, you know, find the recruits that, that love you for you, but money matters too, right? And, and you have to make sure you're handling those things the right way or else you can get, you can get twisted up into a, into a pretzel pretty good. Um, and that's not to say that any, at any point in time, a name, image, and likeness deal is going to sniff Trayvon Diggs or, or Jalen Brown money. But what it is to say is, you know, 10 years ago, $304 million over five years in the NBA would have been laughed at. So what would have been, la- what, 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 like, what are you laughing at now in the name, image, and likeness sphere that five years from now is going to be real? there trust me I've laughed at a lot of name image and likeness rumors you 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 hear a player uh transferring and it's like oh they're going to the highest bidder and it looks like they're getting three hundred thousand dollars even though it's just a rumor I'm still like Whew, yeah okay uh you know he's gonna go back to the school that he that he left right yeah. he's not gonna find that in the portal and then sure enough he goes somewhere and you're like yeah maybe maybe he found it right maybe he settled for less maybe he found it but all I know is uh I would have laughed at three hundred million for Jalen Brown, very, very recently. Oh yeah, and and once they sign Jason Tatum and it turns into one hundred and fifty million dollars a year for two players, well, I'm laughing at that right now. So so it's uh, it's it's one of those things where I don't know where the bubble bursts, but it does seem like sports are one of the few things where the business just goes up and up and up and up. So it's interesting how, like you mentioned with NIL and the money that guys may or may not be getting, we just don't, simply don't know. Because mm. it's not like pro, pro sports where we know contracts and mm-hmm. we hear that kind of stuff. We don't know actually truly how much these guys are getting. And I'll even jump in on that. I, I saw something USA Today always does the the team rev, or the, the athletic program revenues Revenue. for different sports. Mm-hmm. And you always have the little asterisk that says private schools traditionally don't report because they don't have, they to. Don't have to. The 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 secrecy of numbers in college sports when it comes to dollars and cents is much higher than it is in professional sports mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, salary caps and things like that don't exist. And, you know, the it's one of those be careful what you wish for things yeah. because we're hearing Jim Phillips say we need federal uh, name, image, and likeness rules. We're, we're hearing uh, uh, Nick Saban, I believe, said something along those lines. A, a bunch of uh, prominent voices in college sports have said similar things. And I'm sitting here going, my guess is one of those federal rules is going to be you're going to have to disclose everything. Right, you're going to have to let everybody know everything. And I'm not sure all those boosters necessarily want all those numbers coming out on how much they're given and, and where it's going and, and what is nonprofit and what is not nonprofit yeah. in, the, uh, in the future. Because collectives have already started those battles where at one point they were, they were nonprofits and now maybe not. And the big question oftentimes now with NIL is because schools are asking boosters to mm-hmm. donate to collectives and like how long like how sustainable is that there's only so so much you can ask people for money and so how often you can actually ask people for money and with that turning around right behind us is jeff brom jeff brom the uh, head coach of louisville and uh this is this is true acc kickoff day here because he's uh jumping from from one table straight to the other coach thank you for joining us here on 99.9 the fan 
Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. Uh, is it, we'll, we'll start with this. Is Louisville as you remembered it? You, have, you haven't been a, a full-time Louisville uh, resident since I believe it was 08. Obviously, you played there. Is it, is it everything you remembered? You know what? I think it is. Uh, you know, I've never really sold my home in Louisville, so we've been mm. back quite a bit. Uh, you know what? The thing that has changed, our facilities now are really, really good. Uh, our stadium is second to none. You know, it's an NFL stadium, all chairback seats, suites on both sides, in the end zone, <laughs> up and lower. I mean, it's as good as it gets. Our basketball arena is bigger and better than any NBA arena. So we've got the elements uh, there uh, for success. We've got a passionate fan base. Uh, it's a big city with a lot to do. Uh, there's no pro sports. So they want to see Louisville football, Louisville basketball, Louisville baseball, Louisville women's basketball, all those things succeed. And if they do, they feel part of it, and uh, they want more. So I'm looking forward to getting things started, uh, and I know our fans are looking forward to the season. Do, do you feel any any raised pressure from from being a, a Brom at Louisville? Because, you know, you, you your family has had so much success there, yourself included, and, and now you're coming back to, to lead the program. I know the fans have kind of been clamoring for the opportunity to bring you back for a while, and now that it's here, does it, does it heighten anything? Well, I actually do feel a whole lot more pressure. So just to be honest with you, uh, without question, that's definitely on my shoulders. And that's just something you got to sign up for. You know what? You you build some equity somewhere and uh, <laughs> you got to go back home and now you got to put it all on the line again. But you know what? That's what I signed up for. That's what they're paying me for is to put that on the line. Uh, so that's what makes it challenging is now, you know what? No, you can't you can't live on your past success. <laughs> you know, that, that part's over you got to do something special for them. They want to see success. They want to see wins. They want to see championships. They want to see all this thing, all this stuff, and you've got to provide that for them, and you got to do it by putting in the work. I don't, I don't believe there's any shortcuts in, in life. You've got to put in the work. So if that means you got to do extra, well, then I need to do extra. But it's important, in my opinion, uh, that whenever the game's over, I can look in the mirror and say, you know what, I, I think I did everything I could. And then you move on from that. So, you know, I tell our team all the time, you know, Throughout the season, 50% of the teams are going to win, 50% are going to lose. There's no in between. You're either going to win or lose. But regardless of whether you win or lose, every week you got to do it again. you got to perform again. So don't think just because you won you're going to go out there and perform without working. No, you've got to put in the work and be able to move on from week to week knowing that this is what it's going to take to win. And are you tough enough to withstand uh, the complacency of winning? Are you tough enough to withstand – uh, the lack of confidence when you lose, and uh, that's what's important. And uh, I feel like if we do that, you'll give yourself a chance to win. That voice you hear is Jeff Brom, Louisville head coach, joining us here on The Drive with Tim Donnelly on 99.9 The Fan in Charlotte at ACC kickoff days. Uh, Jeff, the, the, you talk about putting in the work. A lot of work done is kind of very quickly once, once you uh, settled in at Louisville was done in the transfer portal. And uh, – Jack Plummer amongst it. What what about him? And you've worked with him previously at, at Purdue, made him so attractive to, to pull out of the portal and bring to Louisville. Well, we're excited to get Jack back. Uh, you know what? Uh, this is a young man that's extremely intelligent. He's very smart. He knows our offense better than I do. Uh, <laughs> he understands it. He gets it. And he's played a lot of football. So I think the experience factor is critical. He's just played a lot of football uh, at uh, more than one team. Now, this is his third team that he's on now, and he's done some good things at every spot he's been on. He's battle-tested, uh, like I said. He's experienced the ups and the downs, uh, which doesn't happen a lot, so he knows what it takes. And I just think it's important that we provide the talent around him, we provide the system and the ability for him to play well at a high level. Now, don't put too much pressure on his ability to throw, but also use all of our weapons on offense. But I think if we do that, 
uh, he can do a great job for us. And he's been a great leader to this point. He's had a really good summer. Have you gotten used to that where you can say it's, it's almost a positive that a quarterback is going into his third team when, you know, just a couple of years ago, that would have been almost unheard of? Well, you know what, you would prefer to develop a guy, get him ready to go. But at the same time, you know what, that's college football. You know, you hope that you're developing your youth right now so that the next year someone's ready to take over and that they're, you feel confident with it. But at the same time, you know what, if you don't and there's an experienced guy out there that you feel good about, uh, you might as well add him to the mix and see if either it's his job to, to take or if he can at least be a, a valuable backup in case something happens to your starter. Jeff Brom, head coach, Louisville, joining us here at ACC Kickoffs. Uh, a bunch of new wide receivers also. I mentioned the, the portal work you've done. It seems like kind of you can build a whole passing game ahead of transfers. How difficult is it to bring all these – or what are the challenges you're facing bringing all of these different, uh, different position players and trying to turn them into a passing game? Well, there's only one ball to go around, uh, so <laughs> – so only these, one guy has to be yes, in the right spot. All receivers want the ball all the time. So, I, you know what, I think that, um, you know, we feel good about our running back position. That has some more experience than we're used to having, to be quite honest. Uh, the receiver position did not have that, but that's okay. We went and added it four transfers in the portal and Jamari Thrash and uh, Kevin Coleman, Jimmy Calloway, and uh, Jaden Thompson. We feel like all those guys can compete at a high level. Uh, some two – guys we had on the team last year that did a decent job was Amari Huggins, Bruce, and Chris Bell. So I think those are f six guys that all can play good football for us. And you know what? Uh, that gives us more depth. And uh, anytime you have that, yeah, you got to keep them happy. But I think if they play hard, if they do what they're supposed to, we can spread the ball around. And we understand it's a long season where uh, in order to win games, you have to have different ways to score and different people to get the ball to. So uh, they've done a good good job to this point. We want to continue to push the envelope there and develop as many weapons as we can. Last one very quickly here before we let you go. We're, we're getting ready to talk to one of those running backs, Jawar Jordan. Is there anything you can give us to catch him off guard with the first question? Well, Jawar is very low-key, uh, soft-spoken, but, man, he's fast. He's elusive. He's talented. Uh, he's getting ready to go back home uh, to Phoenix uh, for a little break here uh, after this uh, as soon as we leave here. Uh, but uh, we feel like he can do some damage for us on the football field. Coach, we appreciate you for taking the time to stop by. Okay, thank you. Once again, Jeff Brom, Louisville head coach, joining us here uh, at ACC kickoff and stepping in. That, that player we were just talking about with, uh, with Coach Brom, Jawar Jordan, Louisville running back. He's, he's getting the true kind of uh, pushed and pulled in every direction here experience at ACC kickoff. His phone was just uh, left at one table, and it's being brought over to us here. Uh, Jawar, thank you for taking the time. Uh, thank you for having me. Just talked with Coach, got a, got a little bit of your scouting report. One of the first attributes he mentioned was speed. Mm -hmm. uh, when you're in a situation like this, ACC kickoff, are you constantly sizing everybody up to see – am I the fastest guy in this room? Who, 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 who's, who's next up? Who do I have to beat? No, nah, not really. I don't have a big ego, so I just I'm just glad to be here, and uh, it's cool to see uh, the best of the best here as well. So, the uh, the other thing you mentioned is that you're you're on your way to, to Phoenix for some for some home time after this. Yes, sir. Being so far away from home, what do you have to do first when you get to Phoenix? Uh, it's my mom's birthday today, so I'm gonna surprise her. Happy birthday to, to Mama Jordan. Yep. Uh, we're we're here on the drive on 99.9 The Fan. Uh, Jawar, do you feel like at, at any point in time you, you look around on the offense and you're the only guy that was there last year? Um, Not so much. I mean, uh, 
You look no. at it with it's a player like Jack Plummer and four yeah. transfer receivers. Sometimes even yeah, all the defensive backs. Yeah, we do have backs. a lot of the new guys. Um, I've been a part of a lot of like brand new teams. So mm. like each year I've been in college, I, I pretty much had like a a rebuilding offense specifically. So it's kind of it's not new to me, but it, it's it's crazy to see. But we're stacked. That's all <laughs> I can say. Uh, was there anything as kind of a guy that that had been in town on campus? Was there anything you you wanted to pass along to the other guys? Because even Coach Brom, who's a you know a Louisville Louisville guy, right? He's he's got he has the history. He hasn't been there you know really since '08. Were you passing along any any secrets or anything that you want to stick around in that culture? Um, really, just I don't know. I, I think it was good that Brom and them came mm. back because they're more familiar with the culture that we're trying to head towards. So. There was part of an area of Louisville that was winning. Mm. I haven't been part of that uh, era, so I think it's good and important that they came because they're they're familiar with that era. Jawar Jordan joining us, Louisville running back here at ACC kickoff uh, live in Charlotte. Here's here's a. Do you realize what the the Brahms meant to to, to Louisville as players? Because you know I'm someone a little bit older than you. We don't have to get into how much, but. Mm -hmm. uh, they they were a big deal and they and they really brought Louisville to some some heights that that were pretty darn impressive, and so many of the fans are excited to have Coach Brom back because they associate him with that era. Do the players on the team understand what you know what he and and his brother and and, and his family used to used to mean to Louisville? Oh yeah, of course. Like if you go out in the community, you're gonna hear about it, so mm -hmm. you have no choice but to know like how much they mean to Louisville and uh, the community, and we're just blessed to have them on board. What is the the biggest difference now that he's taken over the program? Really, like just the atmosphere um, and their intensity of coaching, and uh, you can you can feel their passion, and uh, you can see it as well. Uh, it just goes hand in hand, and uh, they're just excited to be out there with us. And and what do you think that that first game is going to be like under the new regime? Oh man, it's going to be all eyes on us Friday night. So we just can't wait to show the world that uh, we're a new team and uh, it's going to be a different year and a great year. Jawar, make sure you tell your uh, your mother happy birthday for us. Thank you. And uh, and thank you for taking the time. Of course. Once again, that's Jawar Jordan, Louisville running back, stopping by. Appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> we're here at ACC kickoff on 99.9 The Fan. Uh, the Louisville contingent making their way through, talking with Coach uh, Jeff Brom and followed that up with Jawar Jordan, Louisville running back. To, to me, if you are looking at Louisville this season, the most interesting part is what we, we touched on with, with each of the last two interviews, which is uh, if it works, all of these transfers, yeah. I think you're going to see some teams try it more often, specifically new coaches when they take over. The, you know, it's, it's one thing to do the Lincoln-Riley where you go from Oklahoma to USC and you bring players with you from Oklahoma to USC, and yes, a bunch of other transfers also. Uh, but but Coach Brom is is kind of building an offense, and even like his defensive secondary is getting. I think it's six transfers, building an offense, rebuilding position groups entirely based on the transfer portal. Uh, Jawar Jordan, I know he said that every year's kind of been different for him in his college career. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna be in the backfield occasionally. Look over to his right if he's a t you know offsets the left, see a quarterback in the shotgun. 
that was playing for Cal last year. He's going to look to his left. He's going to see a receiver that played for Cincinnati, a receiver that played for this team. Look to the other side, see a receiver that was on another team, a receiver that was in another conference. And and if they can put it together and have a high-profile offense, other teams are going to know that it's possible. They're right there, I think, tied with UNC for third-best odds, according to the folks in Vegas, of winning the ACC this season, Clemson being number one. But they're equal in terms of betting odds with North Carolina, which I find interesting. It it goes Clemson, it goes Florida State, and then it goes North Carolina and Louisville. Yeah. And there's a lot of projection there. Yeah. Right? I mean, even if you agree that they have a ton of talent, there's a lot of projection there. It feels kind of uh, like a – I don't want to say it's – it's the same, but it feels kind of like when these super teams get assembled in the NBA mm-hmm. and everybody assumes because you have, you know, all of this talent that it's just going to work. And it's like, well, chemistry matters too. Oh yeah. And that's Louisville's challenge. They can be as talented as they want. It's about finding the chemistry and making sure that, you know, they do the thing where the wide receivers know exactly where the quarterback's going to be. Uh, but that was Jeff Brom, Louisville head coach to our Jordan, Louisville running back, both joining us here live at ACC kickoff. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Well, how about we just take away the haunting? We just say a ghost comes back to the Canes. Tony D'Angelo signs with the Canes. It had been long rumored. It had been often discussed. It had been uh, one of those things that, that, you know, you start to wonder if it was going to happen because if it hadn't happened by now, and then it happens. And everybody seems to be pleased. Tony D'Angelo, uh, another defender, joins the, the Carolina Hurricanes. And if I said another defender with any kind of stank on it, it's because I've been screaming to, to get a forward, to get a, a, a center winger. I, I, I wanted somebody that is signed strictly to, to score goals. Um, but Tony D'Angelo, is, he's more that than some other defenders could be, right? Yeah. He's, he, he, can, he can tally some points. The price isn't bad, $1.65 million on a one-year deal, roughly basically make some hole off of his buyout from Philly. Uh, I know he does bring, I want this to be clear. I know D'Angelo does bring some goal scoring, some goal creation for others, but it, but it also feels like there's, there's a little bit of making it more complicated than it has to be, right? I like that he played in the system before. I like that he played well in the system before. But again, there has to be a more simple solution you need goals. You need goal scoring. We've talked about it. We've we've probably run it into the ground. There are positions on the ice that are kind of designed to do that, right? <laughs> there, that's like there are positions. It'd be like saying, "I need shooting." It's like, well, there's a there's a spot in the the, the starting five called the shooting guard, right? <laughs> it's the guys in, in the forward are the ones that are supposed to be scoring. So I get that you could attack it kind of on the edges by saying, oh, I'm going to get defenders that can help with that. Or you could just get the guys who don't need the help with that, and then your defense can remain what it is, which is one of the two best defenses in each of the past two years on on goals allowed. Right? Don't don't try to to solve it with cute. You need to score more goals. Go get a guy who plays the position that's supposed to score goals. 
and, and have him score goals at a better rate than than the past has been scoring goals. And I'm saying scoring goals over and over again because I, I do think you need to remember what the goal is. I'll put it like this. This might be the most uh, off-the-wall analogy you'll hear today. Yeah. But uh, earlier today, and this is – you just heard Dennis say, yep, he was the one dealing with it. Uh, we lost power to our section here at ACC kickoff. Yeah, we did. We're, we're in Charlotte. We are on the road, remote broadcast and radio. Always bring a little bit of a raised heart rate, right? Because uh-huh. you know, any any and everything will go wrong. A little Murphy's Law. Sorry, guys. But, I uh, hit the wrong button. But what 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 happened here is uh, we lost power, and we we knew which little uh, strip or what which which cord we were getting power from. Mm-hmm. And the initial reaction was, we need to solve. Oh, how do we get power to this cord? What happened to this cord? What went wrong with this cord? And then eventually I looked over and I said, uh, we have an extension cord and there's another outlet right behind us. Uh, how about we just get power, right? The yeah. problem we had was we didn't have power. We were treating it like the problem we had was the cord that we were coming from wasn't working. No, the problem was we didn't have power. So how about we get this extension cord, we go to that outlet, and we get power. That's kind of what's happening right here with Carolina, which is the problem is we're not scoring goals. And they're like, well, maybe we could get a defender that that does have an ability to score goals and create goals for other. And maybe we could uh, be even better on defense and give up less point uh, goals allowed per game. That way we won't have to score as many. And I'm going, or you go to the positions that are supposed to score goals and get better goal scorers there. Again, I like D'Angelo, right? I, I like that he has a history. I like that he's played well in, 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 in the system. I like that Adam Gold earlier today called him one of the smartest players he's covered. Like, I, there's a lot that I like about Tony D'Angelo. Just like I would have liked a creative and off-the-wall solution to our uh, power problem. But the fact of the matter is there's probably a more simple answer. So before you're just celebrating him returning... Think about if it's the absolute best and simplest way to solve the problems that have kept the Canes from getting over the hump and into the Stanley Cup final. Right? It's it's. I'm I'm, I'm not trying to make this this uh, uh, like a huge mistake because it's not. It's a it's a good cost on a good player. But I, I will say this. You got a lot of you got a lot of defense now. What's the next move? Brett Pesci gets traded. That's got to be the next move. Almost has to be. because Has to be. That's the first thing. As soon as I saw Tony D'Angelo sign with the Canes, I said, okay, when did we hear about Brett Pesci being traded? Because I don't want a player like Jalen Chatfield to be limited or edged out or have his ice ice time cut down because you have all of these, quote-unquote, bigger names or high-pricey players like, you know, I got to get Orlov on, on the ice, got to get uh, D'Angelo on the ice, got to do this. Got I want Chatfield still in the mix. Mm-hmm. So you have to move someone, right? Because you, you're starting to get to the point where you, you have too many, right? And then it's it's a, a first-world problem. It's it's a caviar problem for the defense. But if it's Pesci, it's Pesci. Uh, if, I don't really want to move anybody else. No. So, uh, you know, I almost said if it's someone else, it's someone else. But I didn't believe that as I was saying it. I don't, I, if it's Pesci, it's Pesci. But if you translate – actually, I'll put it this way. If you can transfer Pesci – to a forward that that finds the back of the net a whole bunch of times i'll go back on all the criticism i've been i've been yeah. giving the canes in the last i've been on the air for a week and a day well i say you can 
draw a line from one to the next. Mm-hmm. So I remember when the, the there was the reported tr- agreed trade with, with Philadelphia and Carolina to bring back Tony D'Angelo. As soon as I saw that, it was, okay, Brett Pesci's on the move. You, a- don't, you don't make this signing, in my opinion, unless you have a deal set ready to go with Pesci or to, okay. to, to trade a, him. A deal set and ready to go because what I don't want to have happen is to now suddenly have the entire league know, oh, they have to move Pesci. Yeah. So let's let's not give him anything because I, they have to move him. Well, here's the thing. You don't have to, but he's still a valuable trade option. Uh, but here's the thing as well. D'Angelo is not going to sign with Carolina to be the seventh defenseman. That's, that's what I'm getting at. Exactly. And you're not going to sign someone over $1.6 million to be your seventh defenseman. And I don't want any of the guys, the six that were already there, to be the seventh defenseman. Yeah, exactly. So D'Angelo is expecting to, and the team is expecting for him to jump, leapfrog somebody. Yeah. And I don't want any of them to be leapfrogged, not as the roster is presently constructed. So somebody's got to go, and, and that's got to – they've got to be turned into uh, – they have to be turned into a forward, in my opinion. And if it's Pesci, that's best-case scenario. Uh, let's hear some of the thoughts from D'Angelo. Uh, Graham, who's producing the studio, uh, back at the studio, let's jump to the third clip there. Uh, D'Angelo was on the Adam Gold Show directly before this show here on 99.9 The Fan, and he gave his thoughts on the, uh, the current roster – for the Canes, yeah, I mean, as as a player and a free agent, you got to take a look. You got to take a look at the rosters, and and we did that. But I've, uh, I'm sure, you know, I'm confident in my in my game and the way I could fit on on certain teams, and I take a deep dive into all of it. But uh, being back in in the system that I that I thrived in, in my opinion, and being back with players that uh, you know complement my game and I complement their game, I think it's uh, it's a no brainer for me. But it's never it's never a bad thing to have that many good players too. So. You know, I don't look at it in the sense as obviously it's going to be competition. Guys want ice time. Guys want to play. Guys want power play, penalty kill. That's that's all great. It actually could help the team. But uh, whoever earns is going to get it. In my opinion, I was you know the way I looked at it, I said I'm confident enough that I could that I could go earn it, and you know, and hopefully I get it, and um, we'll go from there. That's what I'm talking about when I say Adam Gold calls him one of the, the smartest players. It's extremely smart for D'Angelo to want to play for the Canes. He's been here. He knows the system. He knows Brindamore is, is a defensive wizard. Uh, it makes a lot of sense for a defensive player to want to be in that system. And he's now had it, lost it, and he has it back. Yeah, smart decision by D'Angelo. I, 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 on the very surface level, get exactly what Adam was talking about. 